This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Over 2 million men worldwide choose Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. For those that love the Lawnmower 3.0, well, I got news for you. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all through additional guards lengths, sizes one through four. And looks wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish, even features a hot foil stamp, black chrome Manscaped logo. Show your more off loud and proud. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off of the lawnmower 4.0 as well as other manscaped items that's manscaped.com going on who that nation it is yours truly tj jones the host of the state of the saints podcast thank you so much for checking out the state of the saints podcast where we talk new orleans saints and before i get started i just want to uh let everybody know that is still dealing with hurricane ida that you all are still in my prayers you know i know uh you all are still dealing with some issues like electricity and stuff like that you know, so uh, you you all are still in my prayers. Um, no matter where I go in this world, um, I'm from Louisiana, you know, and I know firsthand how that feels. And um, I just want to let you all know that, you know, I love you all. And, um, you know, for all the people that reached out to me, you know, thank you. Thank you so much, because, I mean, that, that meant a lot to me. And uh, I hope that everything, uh, you know, works in your favor. Um, hopefully the government stop dragging tail and give people what they actually need um, so they can move forward. So uh, you all are in my prayers. Just want to go ahead and get that started before we even talk about anything. Uh, I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast once again, where we talk New Orleans Saints. And on this edition, we're going to be talking about the Saints uh, roster cuts. Uh, the Saints have uh, cut their, their roster down to the final 53-man roster and um i didn't have opportunity to put it up on the screen because i didn't highlight it but i do have the list right here some guys that uh, are some guys that the saints cut um it might be a few minutes i want to read off a couple of these names uh quan baker uh jr sweezy Aesop winston Devontae freeman rj mcintosh shag smith eric burrell Derek kelly 
Natrell Jamerson, Brian Mills, Trevor Simeon, Winston McManus, Ethan Wolf, Josiah Bronson, Grant Haley, Albert Huggins, Kristen Montano, Deuce Wallace, uh, Alex Arma, Chris Hogan, Kevin Smith, uh, Kevin White, excuse me, Damian Square, and uh, I think this Kivire, yeah, Kivire Russell. So those are the guys that got cut uh, from the New Orleans Saints. Uh, some of those guys, we've been, uh, they weren't a surprise to us, you know, <laughs> guys like Jameson, that was not a surprise to me at all. I'm shocked that he stayed on the team that long. I'm just thinking maybe they just needed uh, a practice body. Uh, Kevin White, to me, uh, that wasn't a surprise either. I mean, the Saints put him in late in the game. He had two crucial drops, and I think him on the sideline, I think that's an indication of uh, where he pretty much knew that the writing was on the wall and he wasn't going to make the team. Uh, one person that was a shock to me was Derek Kelly. Uh, Derek Kelly has been on the Saints team for quite some time. And he's a guy that was really good in rotation. So Derek Kelly, uh, you know, the offensive lineman, I mean, that was a shock to me. Uh, you have guys that I feel like the Saints are going to bring back, guys like Quine Baker. I think they're going to put him on the practice squad. Esau Winston, I think that if he clears waivers, the Saints are going to put him on the squad. And um, also uh, Alex Arma. The, that is another guy that I feel like the Saints are probably going to activate as well as Trevor Simeon. You know, I, I just think that the Saints were trying to just break, you know, break the team down and, um, you know, look at who would be the best 53. I, I think that they're going to try to bring some guys back. Uh, wouldn't be surprised to me if they brought like, you know, guys like Trevor Simeon back and, you know, Quan Baker once again and Alex Armour. That, that's not a shock to me. You know, I just think that the Saints were trying to do what they needed to do in order to make this 53-man roster possible. And I do have the uh, final 53-man roster, uh, and I'm going to read that. Uh, quarterbacks, you have Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, and Ian Book. Running backs, you have Alvin Kamara, Tony Jones Jr., Latavius Murray, and Dwayne Washington. At wide receiver, you have Marquez Callaway, Traquan Smith, Deontay Harris, Lil Jordan Humphreys, and Ty Montgomery. You have to keep in mind Michael Thomas will start the season on the pup list, so he doesn't go against the roster. He has to wait at least six weeks in order for the Saints to activate him. In tight ends, you have Adam Troutman, uh, Nick Vernett, Juwan Johnson, and Garrett Griffin. Garrett Griffin makes the team over Ethan Wolf, so that's that's a big that's a big deal. And and also the Saints carrying four tight ends. That's that's very unconventional of the Saints. Offensive linemen, you have Teron Armstead, you have Andrews Pete, Eric McCoy, Cesar Ruiz, Ryan Ramchek, Will Clapp, Landon Young, James Hurst and Kelvin Throckmorton. So, Throckmorton, excuse me. So, that is going to be your offensive line. On the defensive line, you have Davenport, got Ringo, you got Malcolm Roach, Cam Jordan, Peyton Turner, Tano Passigno, Carl Granderson, and Shai Tuttle. Linebackers, you have uh, Mario Davis, Quan Alexander, Zach Bourne, Pete Warner, Caden Ellis, Andrew Dowell makes the team, as well as Charles, I mean, Chase Hansen. Then you have on the cornerbacks, you have Marshawn Lattimore, Ken Crawley, and Paulson Adebo. So three cornerbacks on the roster. At safety, you have Marcus Williams, Malcolm Jenkins, C.J. Garner-Johnson, J.T. Gray, P.J. Williams, and Jeff Heat. Jeff Heat makes the team, which, you know, was kind of a shock to me because when I think about Jeff Heat, you know, making the team, I thought it was a little bit of a long shot. But I think his relationship that he has with Chris Rashard that – 
that stems back from the Dallas Cowboys kind of worked in his favor. Special teams, you have Will Lutz, uh, you have Etris Rosas, uh, Blake uh, Gillikin, and Zach Wood. Those are your special teams guys. So that's your Saints final 53 right there. I think that you're going to see some changes. You're going to see some guys making the practice squad. The guys that I feel like were a total shock making the roster to me, I mean, look no further than Garrett Griffin. You know, Garrett Griffin is a guy who has been on his team for a couple of years, man, but I didn't think that the Saints were going to carry four tight ends. I mean, we all know what Jawan Johnson did. I mean, him transitioning from wide receiver to tight end, uh, I think is going to help his career tremendously. Uh, he's a guy, if he stays healthy, he can be uh, he can be a, a Pro Bowl-type tight end. Uh, as far as looking at some of the other uh, roster uh, guys, you know, I was just shocked that the Saints uh, kept three cornerbacks. You know, I, I thought they'll probably keep somebody like Haley, you know, um, a person that came in week 17 of last year for uh, the Saints, had an interception, uh, also could have helped on special teams. So I guess the Saints thought that they would be fine there. Uh, was not a surprise is Andrew Dowell uh, coming out of Michigan State. That wasn't a surprise to me. He's that guy that I feel like is going to take the place of Craig Robinson. We know Craig Robinson was a special teams uh, captain for the last couple of years, and you need somebody that's going to be able to replace him when it comes to production. A uh, guy like Winston McMattis, you know what I'm saying? I feel like he's going to end up on a team. I mean, he had a really good, solid uh, preseason game, the game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think he's going to land on his feet. There's no way in the world I can see that guy clearing waivers. Somebody is going to pick this guy up. He's going to be on somebody's team rather playing special teams or being in that starting rotation. Uh, you know, there's some so many guys that I feel like the Saints can actually bring back. But those are the two. Those are some guys that I feel with, with McManus, um, you know, that is going to probably end up playing on somebody's team. And Esau Winston, I think he, he proved that he can actually be at least a special team, a kick return on the team. So if he doesn't come back, he doesn't clear waivers. That wouldn't surprise me either. So. The 53-man roster, you can call it for what it is. Uh, as far as the cornerback position, I think it's a little thin. I understand that the Saints play a lot of three-safety sets, so you got a lot of guys out there that can play both safety and nickel. You know what I'm saying? I get it, right? Uh, and then you, it, it looks like to me that the Saints are going to allow Paulson Adebo to be the opposite of Marshawn Lattimore. It seems like Paulson Adebo has won uh, that number two uh, cornerback position, you know, looking at this, this roster because – you look at P.J. Williams, I don't see him going to the outside. Uh, you look at C.J. Gardner-Johnson, as willing as he is, I don't see him going to the outside. So it looks like the, the rookie, Paulson Adebo, uh, is going to be that number two cornerback. And I think that he's going to have a lot of success. Uh, he might have a little bit of growing pains. You know, you're going up against arguably one of the best throwers of the football uh, that we've seen in, in our generation and Aaron Rodgers. So you might see some growing pains from the guy. But I just hope that, uh, you know, Saints fans uh, can be a little bit patient with the guy. I think he has a lot of great instincts. I think he's going to make a lot of more plays than he gives up. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a tough task for him going up against one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Aaron Rodgers. But I don't feel like that game is going to be an indication on what Paulson Adebo can be. He can be one of those guys to me that can be a shutdown corner. I mean, just him coming into the league, with the confidence that he possesses, uh, the tackling skills, and and also this just the know-how and and just the grit. You know, anybody that, you know, comes into the league, they feel like they have certain skills, and all of a sudden the coaches say, man, play on special teams, and he still goes out there and he plays well on special teams. 
that tells you everything that you need to know. This guy is a football player and um, he, he's a he's a sport. You know what I'm saying? He's a team player. So with that, I think that he can be really, really good. Um, if I if I can put my my hands on or think about a player that I feel like uh, Paulson Adebro reminds me of, he reminds me of Sean Springs, man. I don't know if some of y'all probably remember Sean Springs, uh, played for the Seattle Seahawks of many years uh, back in the day. Uh, was really, really good, man. Solid cornerback. You know, like wasn't a, a guy that was just, you know, everybody just put in the realm of a shutdown corner. But he was a guy that was a sure tackler. He had great instincts. And that's who Paulson Adebo reminds me of. He reminds me a lot of Sean Springs. But let me go ahead and uh, read some of your comments. Uh, let me see what you all think. And uh, and then we'll just go ahead from there. Uh, we're going to start start down at the bottom a little bit. Thank you all so much, the ones that have been chiming in. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and start with let, – let's start with Eugene. Eugene says, you see, I love the Lord. <laughs> he helped Daniel get out the lion's den. He helped Gilligan get off the island. Yes. <laughs> Eugene, giving a shout-out to coming to America, man. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Uh, praying for my city, my family, our team. Uh, let's see. God's people. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm definitely praying for the for the city um, as well as everybody that's been affected by this. You know, um, it, it's tough, man, to try to pick up the pieces after a storm, you know, and that's one of the wor- that's one of the worst things about, you know, living in a place where, you know, hurricanes come quite often. And, you know, even though I'm not in, in New Orleans anymore, I mean, Myrtle Beach gets their fair share of hurricanes headed this way. We haven't had a scare uh, this year, uh, knock on wood when I say that, but. You know, I mean, I, I just know how it feels, you know, and, you know, I know how it feels to, you know, be in that position. You know, it's not like I I can't feel that, you know what I'm saying? Like when I, I I seen the footage and I seen some of the things that people were going through, it just made me, it just reminded me, you know, when, you know, back in 2005 when Hurricane Katrina hit and, you know, you just think that you're packing up and, Oh, the storm is going to hit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Some wind damage, but you're going to be right back. You never just realize that your life would never be the same. And, um, you know, even though, you know, Hurricane Katrina happened and Ida, you know what I'm saying, happened as well, I'm just glad to know that in, in some cases, in most cases, uh, you know, people are be able to pick up the pieces and there's nothing like uh, how it was with Hurricane Katrina. You know, I I mean, that was that was awful. And, um. I'm just, I'm just glad that, uh, you know, some, you know, some of the cases that I'm seeing and hearing, you know, there's a lot, a lot of optimism. And that's one thing about the city of New Orleans, the Gulf Coast region in general, like, man, we built for it tough out there, you know, like there's nothing that can really just bring us down. You know what I'm saying? You can try to knock us down, but man, we in this 15 round fight and we we ain't going down, you know, that's just the way that we, we roll, you know what I'm saying? You can have us against the ropes. And you can have us staggering a little bit, but we ain't never going to go down. We're going to keep on fighting to that last bell ring. So shouts out to the people, uh, you know, that's that's dealing with that right now. We know how tough you are, and we know you all, you guys are going to bounce back in a major way. Jamal says, TJ, uh, do it bother you that we ain't found a, a fart coach yet for the O-line? <laughs> uh, no, man, it, it didn't bother me at all. Um, I just think that the offensive line, regardless of having – or not having a fart coach, they still can be one of the best in the league. (laughs) 
uh ej uh says uh, i like Esop winston oh uh, yeah me too you know i like him a lot but i just think that the saints looked at the wide receiver group that they had and they tried to hold on to guys that can kind of understand the scheme and also guys that probably have some level of a rapport with Jameis winston a lot if you notice a lot of the guys that they kept on this team uh they're more familiar uh you know with with the saints offense i mean looking at this wide receiver group we know what callaway can do uh traquan smith has been here deontay harris Lil jordan humphries todd montgomery so all of these guys have kind of been battle tested been through you know from the mail room you know what i'm saying now they're on the you know what I'm saying on the work floor so you know you you have these guys that start out on the practice squad started doing little things and all of a sudden you know what i'm saying they're kind of familiar with the system i just think that when you look at guys like Esop winston uh, look at guys like Chris Hogan, uh, even Kevin Kevin White. You know, it, it was an uphill battle because the Saints offensive playbook is so complex. You know, you can't just learn that. It. It's not like it, it's not like you can just simplify a Saints offensive playbook. There are so many rookies that come into the league and they talk about the Saints uh, offensive playbook and they talk about how it has their head spinning because you have to understand all these different formations. You got to understand the audibles and you got to know your assignment. So I think a lot of these guys that the Saints kept, them being on the team for so many years kind of helped the Saints make this uh, situation much easier for them to make these type of decisions. And it, and there's no knock on any one of those guys. I mean, Esau Winston, to me, had a really good, solid um, training camp. You know, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Saints decide to bring him back, put him on a practice squad, maybe activate him if something like, I don't know Deontay Harris end up getting suspended for his offseason uh, situation with the DUI. I can see him playing special teams as a kick returner. Uh, he did a really solid job. And um, I, I think that they can bring him back in case somebody else get hurt, maybe put him on a practice squad. Uh, we know that uh, Deontay Harris, as good as he's been, he's been nicked up over the years. He hasn't stayed healthy uh, through a 16. Now you're going into a 17-game season. Uh, you look at guys like Callaway has been playing outstanding, but he's had some injuries. Ty Montgomery has had some injuries as well. So this is by no means, uh, you know, an open and shut case when it comes to the wide receiver group. You still have some of these receivers that the Saints could probably call up on the phone and be like, hey, you know, we wanted you to come back. You know, I can see somebody like Quan Baker probably making the practice squad, being activated uh, when somebody, if, if somebody goes down. I can see that happening. So, uh, I don't think it's the last you've seen of some of these wide receivers that the Saints had in training camp. Chemo says, smash that like button, family. Yeah, I, I agree, man. If you like the show, go ahead and give your boy a golden thumbs up. Let everybody know that you enjoy the State of the Saints podcast. I would really appreciate that. And also, man, I want to thank uh, Dennis for the $5. He says, for those in the city, love y'all. Amen to you. Hoping energy saving 20 plus days is just nonsense. Yeah, I hope so, too, man. I, I hope that they can actually get this thing together. You know, I don't want to see people going without power and all that kind of stuff for these many days. That's ridiculous, man. Like, we we are supposed to be way more technologically sound. It, it's not like how it was 16 years ago, okay? I mean, I, I want to think that technology has been more advanced uh, than, you know, than years past. And I just feel like when you deal with something like Katrina, I just think that you need to have all your ducks in a row. I think every particular scenario uh, that you can think of when it comes to power, when it comes to water, when it comes to uh, water pumps, I think that you should have all that stuff lined up. And it shouldn't be no excuse because 
you've seen what the worst that can possibly happen. You've seen what happened without the lights. You've seen what can happen without, you know, having an adequate pumping station. You've seen what would happen when you didn't have the right floodgates, when you only can have them uh, to reinforce, you know, for a category two or three at the most. So I just think that you should have all these things in a row. I, I can't accept those type of excuses anymore. It'll be one thing if we never seen this happen, but you've seen it happen. You've seen people lose their lives. You've seen people lose their houses. You've seen people lose everything that they had because of, you know, because of the incompetence of the city. And I, I and as much as I love, you know, people that come visit New Orleans, but I just feel like sometimes the New Orleans cares more about the tourists and, you know, and, and taking care of downtown with the French quarters and Rampart and Bourbon Street and all that kind of stuff. I always just find it ironic. I, I ain't gonna lie to you. And, I, and then we'll move on. I just find it ironic that Bourbon Street, French Quarter is like right down the street from the Mississippi River. But every time you look at the footage, you never see any of those uh, places really flooded. And if they are flooded, it's like ankle deep. So it's just making me wonder, like, where the hell does that other water go? I think we can answer that question, can't we? Dalton says, I think Paulson Adebo deserves to be cornerback number two. Well, Dalton, it looks like you're getting your wish, my friend. It looks like you're getting your wish, you know, because it seems like that's that's what what's going to happen man shouts out to dalton man dalton uh coming through appreciate the love my friend mario says is baker going uh to the practice squad i think if he clears waivers he'll go there i don't see no reason why uh he wouldn't make the practice squad i don't think he did so much or put so much on tape for other teams to be like man i think we need to go ahead and snatch this guy up so i do think that he's going to clear waivers and i ain't gonna lie to you man i'm not crazy you know I, i mean I, I was born at night, not last night. But, you know, I just think that sometimes, you know, teams may tell agents or tell players, like, we're going to call you back, you know, don't answer your phone until you see us call. I I, I ain't going to lie about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I look, I ain't going to lie. You know what I'm saying? I think that those are, there are situations like that where they want, you know, a certain player. Maybe they have to cut them, and they probably tell them, man, we're we going to call you back. And maybe that person don't answer their phone. Or maybe, you know what I'm saying, like <laughs> the agent don't answer their phone because they feel like they play are going to be in the best place. So, hey, man, I mean, some cases they might decide to answer the phone because they're like, man, forget that. You want to, you know, go to the best team, give you the best opportunity. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if, you know, they tell these players we're going to try to sign you back. So I just feel like uh, a guy like Quan Baker is going to end up uh, getting, uh, you know, put on the practice squad. And I think that he can be a guy that probably end up being a really good, solid player once he gets, uh, you know, developed and, um, you know, learn the system. I think he can be really, really good. Tragic says all we need now is for Kanye to come out and say Biden don't like black people. <laughs> look, man, I don't, look, man, I ain't trying to get into that politics and nothing like that, to be honest with you, man. Like, that's the only that's the thing to me that, that divides us as people. Look, I don't care about what side of the aisle you sit on. I, I just care about humanity. You know what I'm saying? I don't feel like whatever, you know, whatever side of the, the aisle you sit on, it should define how the way you treat people. You know, you, you don't have to be a Republican or a Democrat to know that if people need help, you need to send them some help. Uh, you you don't need to be selling out, you know, for a dollar, you know what I'm saying? And helping having other people suffer. You know, that that's that's the way I feel. So I don't think that it should have anything with your political affiliation should have everything to do with you having sympathy and empathy for individuals that are dealing with these type of situations. 
And it just makes me absolutely sick that I see some of these same situations going on and people up here, you know what I'm saying, looking around like a, you know what I'm saying, like a deer in the headlights. And it, this is ridiculous. Like, I, I can't accept some of the, the practices that, that are taking place. And we can talk about transparency all you want to, but you can get on TV and talk about, oh, we doing this and we doing that, man. People need help. And it's just hard for people to understand, especially those that probably been through Katrina, understand like all the different things that transpired, probably had family members that was lost. You know, it's hard for them to fully understand that we're going through the same type of situations again when it comes to the power, when it comes to, you know, getting the adequate funds and stuff like that, you know, in order for them to, to, to buy food. Because people have to understand this, right? Everybody ain't rich. Everybody just can't pack up their car and fill it up with gas and travel to X, you know, to X, Y, and Z. You have individuals that probably took their last dollar to go get some gas, probably, you know what I'm saying, like, and hoping and pray that they can actually get to where they needed to be. You know, people don't have those nest eggs, especially those people that worked at nine to five trying to stay alive, literally. You know what I'm saying? It's hard for those people to do that. And for people just to turn their nose up at people and look out for only the, you know, the people that own certain properties first is BS. You know, like you have to help the people, all the people, not just who you feel needs to be helped. And I feel like that's one of the issues that, that we face here in, in New Orleans. And I get it. You, you you lose downtown for a little while. You lose that tourist attraction. You lose that money. But, man, these people are the ones that's out here. You know, they're working at these businesses and giving people that come from in from out of town a very joyous experience where they can actually go home and tell individuals about how, how much fun they had. So look out for your damn people. From what I was reading from Energy tomorrow evening, they will have a temporary way of power in the city until it gets back on the main grid. Well, that's good, you know, if that's if that's the case. But like I said, we we cannot be practicing the same stuff we seen back in 2005. You know, I, I think that, you know, it, it was a late response. And, you know, it, it shouldn't be that way. I just think that the, the city, in my honest opinion, should be technologically better than it was 15 years ago. Shouldn't have pumping stations going off and electricity going off and not having a backup grid in the first place. That's all I'm saying. Like, like, like what are we doing here? Like, I don't know, man. What about solar energy? Like, are we like practicing different things like that? Why is it that it's so hard for us to fully understand that New, New Orleans, Louisiana, the Gulf Coast is, is most susceptible to getting hit by hurricanes. So why can't we try to get the best technology possible in order to stop and prevent some of these situations from happening, like power going out, right? If people have to be inside, like they need their power, right? They need power in order for them to generate things that they actually need. You already ticked off that you're inside. Now you got to be inside and hot and frustrated. I can't accept that, man. I'm sorry. Your ducks. Thank you very much for the $2 says, have me in a row, you slackers. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, you, you ducks. I, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the $2, man. Scroll down a little bit more. It says, we got that Falcon out of here. Uh, we talking about uh, Devontae Freeman. Uh, yeah, man, that was a long shot anyway. You know, that was a long shot, uh, him possibly making a team. I just think that he was just there for a camp body. 
there was nothing about Devontae Freeman that told me that he was going to make the team. He looked slow. Uh, he, he was a tick off when it comes to his decision making. Uh, he looked his age and he looked like a guy that had some injuries over the past couple of years. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's not look. I'm past all that. Oh, he was a Falcon and all that kind of stuff there. I mean, I look, get your money, man. You know, like get your money. If you can be valuable to a team, even if that's your rival, why not? But he just not did not look uh, like he was the best or uh, one of the best running backs in the room. And in my opinion, even Latavius Murray, you know, like if if I was a guy looking at the depth chart, it would be Alvin Kamara, Tony Jones Jr., and then Latavius Murray. You know, I think that Latavius is probably going to get more snaps because we're looking at it from a money standpoint. And uh, the Saints are going to give him more opportunities because maybe they're looking at preseason as an outlier and maybe they're looking at uh, Latavius. Oh, maybe he's saving himself uh, for the regular season. I don't know. But if, if I if I was running a team, Tony Jones Jr. would be backing up Alvin Kamara because he looked better than both of those guys. You know, uh, that's just that's just my humble opinion. Then it says, yes, bro, preach it says so what uh we got our own to help out uh you know yeah man look we got to help out the people that actually make the city what it is you know we we got to do that and, and you know I, like i said it's not like one of those situations where i look at it from the outside looking in i know from personal experience like i i, I know it from personal experience i every, everything that the people have went through i went through in person from personal experience I know about losing everything that I have. I know about getting a runaround from Red Cross and FEMA and all these other people that were trying to, you know what I'm saying, help out. I ain't going to lie to y'all. I'm going to be 100. When I left New Orleans, I transferred to Jackson State University. That's how I ended up going to Jackson State because of Hurricane Katrina. I was going into my sophomore year at Dillard University. I went to Jackson State University, and it just so happened that, um, you know, my minor was theater. And we were performing for the Alumni Association. And I was actually a part of that. And my college professor at the end of the show talked about, you know, me transferring from Dillard because of Hurricane Katrina. And the Alumni Association, they they donated money collectively and wrote me out a check in order for me to get some of the things that I need. And this happened before, like, I got anything from FEMA or Red Cross. I, I want to like you had people that didn't even know me from a can of paint, didn't have a dog in a fight, so to speak. And those people showed me more love and came and responded quicker than the actual government. Like that's sad, bro. And I appreciate those people. I really do. And I say thank you to them. And I wrote thank you letters and all that kind of stuff. But that's not the way it should go. People need help. You got the resources. Give them help. And, and I, I can't sit up here and, and buy the BS. Like when a, when the whole entire country was struggling, money just came out of there, right? And with stimulus checks out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Like they had their little fights and little spats, but y'all magically made about $3 billion and appear out of thin air. So you telling me that you can't help out a couple states that's affected by a, a storm that in no way is their fault you can't help them just like the the virus was no way anybody's fault but inconvenience people right so what the hell are we doing 
And like I said, I know it's the state of the Saints podcast, folks, but I just got to keep it 100. You got to help the people that make the city, the state, the, the, the region what it is. TJ, the, uh, the wind would have damaged the uh, solar panels as well. I look, I don't know. I don't know about that or, or not. You know, Mr. Wright, that's a good point. But here's the re- here's the reality of it. You don't know that for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm pretty sure they they prepare for these type of things when it comes to like wind damage and all that kind of stuff there. And I'm pretty sure they can actually stabilize these things to a point where they will get little, you know what I'm saying, to no damage caused to them. Period. You know what I'm saying? Like I've seen solar panels in some very inclement conditions in certain places across the country and around the world, you know, and, and yet they still remain. So that is why I just feel like that's still not a good enough excuse for me. I, I, I just, I don't accept that. I, I don't, I, I just, I just think that if you want to make things happen, if you want to make the technology better, you get the right engineers and you get the right technology in place. So even though that that may be a scenario, I can't think that I, I won't believe it. I mean, I've seen solar panels in, in, in some tough places, man. Like some of the, you know, places that they have storms to places where they have like real bad blizzards. So, and they still remain. I'm just being sarcastic. Wasn't trying to go down the political route. Now, nah, tragic is fine, man. I'm just saying like, I, I just want to make that clear, you know, because, you know, some people, you know, talk about politics and, and politicians, man. I'm like, I don't care about that stuff. I, I really don't. I care about people. You know what I'm saying? I, I care about humanity. Those are the people I care about. You know, I just think that, you know, people are going to do what they feel like they're going to do in order to for political gain. And sometimes I feel like people are an afterthought. Which is sad. Dennis, uh, thank you very much for the five dollars. Say it's so good to hear, man. That's why I think churches are the best people to donate to in a situation like this. Prayers uh, up. Look, man, I think that we need to donate to people that actually need it. You know, if the you know, if the church do the right thing, <laughs> we, I mean, we just got to be real. If they're doing the right thing, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Donate to them. Um, but people need help. And that's that's what's important. I hate to say this, but most debts will come from the conditions of the heat of the night. Day three, my temperature stayed 85. It's getting hotter each day. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Hopefully, what I just heard about the temporary uh, energy until they actually fix it is true. If it if it's not, like I said, man, I just can't take that as an, an excuse, man. I can't take that as an excuse. Why can't you uh, buy me uh, TJ? I come real cheap. <laughs> the BS. <laughs> Look, I, I can't, I ain't buying you. Never will buy you. Can't buy you. Won't buy you. Uh, most solar panels are uh, rated for the highest uh, recorded winds from hurricane and hell. Uh, I know I install them and sell them. Yeah. I mean, look at it. I mean, that, that's what it is. Like, I just feel like people just need to stop being so doggone lazy in, in some of these places that they have, you know, you know, tragic, you know what I'm saying, catastrophic events. Like, I just think that you need to make sure that you're doing everything in your power to make sure people got power. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm just saying, it's not like one of these situations have not has not happened before. Like, we've seen this happen. We've seen this play out. We've seen bad weather and how it affects, uh, you know, Louisiana, Gulf Coast region. We've seen it. 
we seen it, folks. And, and like I said, I, I know, like I said, we, we're here to talk about sports. But, you know, I mean, we just got to be real, man. And like I said, I know a lot of people here can relate to this. Yeah, I mean, because, and it's it just frustrating. It's it frustrating when you go through something, you feel like, you know, something should be done. One of the worst events happened. All of a sudden, you're going through the same thing. It's ridiculous. Louisiana could earn money from selling fresh water uh, to drought uh, face states or uh, states are led by dumb people. Well, I don't even think they I don't even think they led by dumb people. I don't think that you get into office being dumb. I do think that, you know, you lose a, a bit of yourself when you're, you're selling out uh, to make sure that certain things are not being done. But you like getting some in return. Like, I, I just think that that's sad, you know. Unfortunately, part of the problem in Louisiana is some of the old boy networks of politicians and having all this access to oil. Uh, they don't want solar here. Uh, I mean, yeah, that, that, go, that goes back to political game. You know, when you like it should be about people, you know, it should be about people, not what you can get. Why? Uh, why won't TJ buy me? I come at a discount. <laughs> I'm not buying your BS. Uh, got the Falcon stream going now. You been over there yet? Uh, no, no, I have not. Um, no, I haven't been on a Falcons uh stream just yet. Um, I mean, shouts out to them brothers, man. I've been on their show a couple of times. And we talking about the same thing, Rose City. Um, I ain't really been talking about it, man. Sorry, bro. Hope uh, you get power back quick. Yeah, I hope y'all do. Uh, I've been there all my life, and it's a shame. Uh, Jameis, 50 touchdown, 5,000 yards this year. I said it first, Gulf Coast strong. Brandon, uh, yeah, that's that's 5,000 yards. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I'm not so wild and crazy about seeing Jameis Winston throw for 5,000 yards because most players that throw for 5,000 yards means that the defense is trash. And most of the time they're throwing a football because they're trying to throw the team back into the game. Um, I seen Dak Prescott do it, didn't make the playoffs. I seen Drew Brees do it a couple of times. They didn't make the playoffs. There are cases in which that actually happened. I want to say Matt Stafford threw for 5,000, Drew Brees threw for 5,000, they actually made the playoffs. I want to say Dan Marino uh, threw for 5,000 and they made the playoffs. But more times than not, you know what I'm saying, when you're throwing the ball that much, that just means that the defense is struggling. So if he can keep it between 3,800 to 4,000, I'll be just fine because that's a combination of running and passing and also you having a formidable defense. So I'm not I'm not so giddy and crazy about 5,000 yards because, like I said, the defense, that means that they're struggling. And we all know that if the defense is struggling, it, it might be an uphill climb for the New Orleans Saints uh, going throughout the season. Louisiana could balance and stabilize income and create jobs across the state and region where water can be shipped to. I went to JFK 82 and realized this. I mean, there's a lot of ways that you can actually just make things better, you know, for the state. Uh, You know, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of new technology that comes out that can be beneficial to the state. And, uh, you know, I mean, you've worked with the Corps of Engineers. uh, You've, uh, you know, I mean, you stabilize the, the levees and, made them stronger, you know, and all that kind of stuff there. And that's fine. Uh, but I just feel like, you know, there are certain things that you have to pay attention to uh, that will help you make the city much better and more, you know, and, and more safe. And, and like I said, I mean, this is an inconvenience to folks. You know, I, I can't get mad at, at people, you know, like 
because you know i think it's, it's easy for us to say sometimes like man why don't they just leave you know and I, I used to think like that i ain't gonna lie to you i used to think like that but i'm like man people don't have the money to just pack up and leave like that you think that some of these people didn't want to leave but they couldn't and i just feel like if, if these people are in these type of positions man you got to make sure that you take care of them until you actually can come and help them if people in there sitting in their house right if they sitting in their house they hot you know what i'm saying like the, the water is high so they can't go anywhere they waiting on like first responders and all that kind of stuff to come through and try to help them out like at least make the situations better you know what i'm saying for them until they can actually get help period you know what i'm saying like let just like that that shouldn't be an issue right being you know what i'm saying being water being high by my house and being hot man nah nah bro that ain't cool not cool man i agree oh we don't want Jameis to have to throw for five thousand yards yeah i, I don't want to see that man i mean look if they win and he end up throwing for five thousand why the heck not but if they're if they're not winning and he's just throwing a ball all over the place to keep him in a game that, that's something that i don't want to see louisiana i'm always uh talking trash about your corrupt butt <laughs> Uh, the best way uh, to show the state of Louisiana that we are unhappy uh, with the current uh, situation is to vote. Yeah, I guess you're saying situation. Yeah, the current situation is to vote. I mean, man, just put the best people in, in office that going to fight for you, you know, whoever that person may be. But at the same time, I just feel like there's certain things, no matter what out that you sit on, it should get done, you know. So the five times Drew threw for five, over 5,000 yards, they missed the playoffs. No, no, Jerry, I, I didn't say that. You know, I said I, there was situations and, and cases where they did make the playoffs. I, I mentioned a few guys. I think Matthew Stafford did it. Uh, Dan Marino did it. And I said Drew Brees done it. So there's, there are situations where that happened. But at the same time, a lot of those yards come from not having really good defenses. Like, that was one of the main reasons why the Dolphins couldn't win football games. You know, because Dan Marino go out there, throw the ball all over the place to Mark Super Duper and, you know what I'm saying, and, you know, Mark Ingram. and You know what I'm saying? Like, they used to go out there and light it up, but they couldn't stop nobody. I mean, same thing with the Detroit Lions when you had Matthew Stafford and Megatron, but they couldn't stop anybody. The Saints, you know, Drew Brees throwing 5,000 yards. They couldn't really stop nobody. Couldn't. You know, make tackles, break guys, breaking tackles, guys getting beaten coverage. So you might have a chance to win a, you know, win because you have a quarterback that can, you know, in certain situations can go out there and and get you down the field. But you don't want to see that every week. I, I don't want to see it. I just I want to see stability on this team. I want to see balance. And and I'm not trying to see the ball throwing all over the place. Like if that means that. The defense is not playing up to snuff. I've, I've never seen a quarterback throw for 5,000 yards and a defense is a top 10 defense. I've never seen it. It's always like they're in the bottom of the barrel. They're like 20, 25, even, you know what I'm saying, almost close to dead last. And it's like the fact that you have a good quarterback on your team that can be able to counteract all the, the wrong that is done on the defensive side of the ball. So that's all I'm saying. Like, it's possible. It's obtainable, Jerry. But I, I wouldn't want to see that. I wouldn't want to, like, be on the edge. I, I Look, I like to be on the edge of my seat every now and then for a Saints game, but not all the time. 
And I just feel like when you talking about throwing them many yards, it's going to be a lot of games where we sitting up there hyperventilating because we wondering what the Saints going to do. I said Callaway was the truth when he was a rookie. This is his time to shine uh, while Mike T13 is on the pup list. Yeah, you know, I think that he he possesses like certain skills that you don't really see from a guy that is as young as he is in the league. Um, I think that he has extreme confidence. Um, I think that he's a guy that the Saints can really count on. And I just think that the dynamic uh, of him, as well as some of these other guys, might be uh, tough situations for guys in the league. Because the thing about it is, if you don't know that much about players, it's hard for you to scheme against them. So a lot of these guys, this is going to be their first time really getting some solid uh, regular season snaps. Like these guys have been on the Saints team for a while but they haven't really got as many snaps. So I think that teams are going to have to kind of, you know, scramble a little bit to try to find some, some good and some bad from these guys and see how they can actually scheme against them. Like you don't, you, you seen Jawan Johnson playing a couple games, but you haven't seen him at the tight end position. Uh, you seen Marquez Callaway playing a few games, but you haven't seen him, you know, with the, you know, all the things that he can be possibly do this season. I mean, there's things with Taysom Hill, right? Taysom Hill mostly played quarterback in the, in the preseason. So you really don't know what type of uh, plays they're going to bring to the table now that we know that Jameis is going to be the starting quarterback. And not to mention, I mean, we haven't seen Alvin Kamara. We know he can catch the ball out of backfield, run between the tackles. And now you also have to account for the fact that the Saints now have a downfield threat. They can actually go vertical. So you can't just sit on routes anymore and you can't just hope and pray that, oh, we're just going to play the sticks. Because if you do, now you have a quarterback that can throw it over your head. So I just think that the mystery of the New Orleans Saints wide receiver group can actually help them for a couple weeks because teams are going to have to develop game film on these guys in order for them to know how they can scheme against those guys. So right now, as many people, as many uh, prognosticators out there that are saying, oh, well, they don't have Mike T. They don't have this guy and that guy. They got a bunch of unheralded guys. Sometimes that actually works in a in team's favor, especially when you have a play caller like Sean Payton, because Sean Payton is not like some of these other coaches out here where they have an offensive system and they just say, you're going to work my system. And that's just the way that it's going to be. What he does is if he sees a guy with upsized potential and ability, whatever that guy's skill set is, he schemes around that. And that's one of the reasons why when you're playing a quarterback position for the Saints, you see guys that are wide open, you know what I'm saying? They can get yards after the catch and stuff like that because the way that the wide receiver group is structured is structured based on guys' skill set. And that's something that I feel like a lot of teams don't do because maybe they don't feel like, you know, maybe the offensive coordinator hasn't got that much cachet or maybe they do have as much cachet to a point where they're arrogant because the whole league is saying, oh, they're, they're a genius. They're a mad genius. But the thing that makes Sean Payton genius is him taking guys' strengths and, and utilizing them on the field. So I think this is going to be a plus uh, for the New Orleans Saints when it comes to the wide receiver group. Dennis, thank you once again for the $5. Says, who that? Or how y'all doing? I hope everybody's doing fine, man. I really do. I hope everybody's doing fine. Uh, but I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. I want to take a moment to pay some of these bills. And mentioned the fine folks at manscaped.com. Uh, use the promo code State of Saints. You will save 20% off. That's all lowercase letters, State of Saints. You will save 20% off on your purchase 
with Manscaped. So I want to thank Manscaped for being the official sponsor of the States of the Saints podcast that is also brought to you by the Pigskin Podcast Network. Check out the Pigskin Podcast Network. Um, you know, the State of the Saints podcast is available on there. Today is actually the official day, the first day that the Pigskin Podcast Network is in its inception, even though you know I've been plugging it for the last couple of days. So I want to thank the Pigskin Podcast Network for, uh, you know, being a sponsor and supporting the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate that. Uh, Roderick, uh, thank you very much for $2. Says, hi, TJ. I'm loving our linebacker court best in the NFL. Well, Roderick, let, let's lower our role real quick. You know, I, I, I want to say this. I, I understand, like, the, the happiness and optimism, but we have to keep in – we got to take into account when this season first started, we were very unsure about the linebacking court. And those guys went out there and they proved that they can actually play ball. So, number one, you got to give credit to linebacker coach Mike Hodges, who has done an outstanding job uh, teaching these guys, developing these guys, and also putting these guys in the best position with tackling drills, helping them see the field, working with eye discipline, what have you. So I am excited about this linebacker group, but I need to see this game in, game out, and now that the games are real. So, yes, I was excited to see Zach Barn fly around the field. That was great. It was good to see Caden Ellis uh, come back, shake back from some of the injuries he had over the last couple of years. I would like to see Pete Warner actually play in a game. He's been injured, didn't get an opportunity uh, to play in any preseason games. So I want to see some of these guys together as a unit before I just dub them the best linebacker corp in football. Do I think they have the tools to be one of the best linebacking corps in football? Absolutely. But you have to be able to play as a cohesive unit consistently before you actually get dubbed the best linebacker group in football. Yes, there's a lot of talent there. Yes, there's a lot of leadership there, but you have to go out there and execute. And until they execute, I can't give them that moniker just yet. But they they have the players to do so. So let's see. Let's see how they play in a game against Green Bay. Follow that up with Carolina and then with New England. Let's see some of these games. Let's see these guys as a as a unit going out there playing, uh, you know, a, a, as a group. And if they go out there and they play and they're shutting people down and they're forcing turnovers and they're catching interceptions and they're, you know, you know, coming on a blitz and they're getting home, getting sacks, then we can have that conversation. But on paper, they just look like a really good team. And from what we actually seen, because in my honest, uh, my honest opinion, I think the reason why we have this type of opinion about the linebacker court, because coming into the season, the expectation was so low that because they, were better than we actually anticipated. Now it's like, oh man, we like we go crazy about them. But I would like to see this in real time before I give them, uh, you know, that that just do. No Cam Newton talking here, nah, bro. Nah, I'm good on that. Um, look, Cam Newton, he got cut by the New England Patriots. Uh, no, if anybody thinks that we need to sign Cam Newton, no, no, no. That that's just not what that is. Um, Cam Newton. I wish them all the best. Uh, me personally, probably going to end up playing for the to Washington football team, you know, probably getting back with Ron Rivera. You know, I can see that happening. Uh, you know, you got you got Taylor Heineke over there. You also got uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, the godfather of the of the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, but, you know, both of those guys are, are some guys that can give you levels of success, but not a sustainable success. And, um, you know, if you bring somebody like Cam Newton in, uh, you have somebody that can actually, you know, play a little bit, 
probably win you a couple games. Uh, also, Ron Rivera knows him really well. I mean, that was the first coach uh, that uh, Cam Newton never had. They came in at the same time. So I think that there's that rapport there. So it wouldn't surprise me if I see him playing for the football team. And maybe, you know, in a couple of weeks, he end up like maybe starting when Ryan Fitzpatrick runs out of steam. If Taylor Heineke uh, don't go and, you know, be everything that he was in that uh, <laughs> playoff game. Agree. No Cam Newton. He's very talented, but a clown in my eyes. Well, I don't think he's a clown. I think that, you know, we, we got to be careful about what we allow, you know, the media to show us. And we have to feel we have to see us draw our own conclusion based on it. I don't think that he's a clown. You know, I just do. I think that he loves attention. Yes. But I don't think that makes you a clown. Uh, I just think that he likes attention. I, I want to I don't want to say that the dude was a terrible quarterback. Uh, I do think that some of those surgeries that he had and um, all those RPO runs are starting to catch up with him, uh, you know, and and when you start to, uh, you know, keep on having these injuries and they start to pile up, it does affect the way that you actually play the game. And even though you're built like a Greek God, that doesn't mean that you can still go out there and perform. I mean, you still got injuries, uh, you know, one hit to it, you, you'll start to re-aggravate that again. So, do I feel like Cam Newton can still play in the NFL? Yes, I do. Um, I think in the right system, uh, he can be a really decent quarterback. Do I feel like he can be the Cam Newton that we've seen in Carolina and give us fits and frustrate us from time to time? Uh, no. Uh, but do I think that he has a couple more years in him to probably, you know, be in a conversation or maybe, you know, when you're sitting around saying, oh, because Cam Newton belong in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, I do, you know. I think that he can be that in the right system. And I think that the, if you're looking at teams that need quarterbacks, why not go to a, a coach that actually knows you like the back of his hand? I think that'll be beneficial to him. Uh, let me clarify. Cam Newton got cut. <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely got cut. I'm praying for the Louisiana area, uh, area, Mississippi area, and Alabama areas for the Hurricane Ida. Uh, I don't care what about the politics and most definitely uh, don't care about the crime from the people uh, get killed and going to jail for the innocent people or children out there in this day, you know how to be for real, for real. Well, um, Jared, Jeremiah, look, I, I care about all those things. You know, I, I just think that uh, hopefully, you know, these people can do right by the people that's affected by Hurricane Ida, you know, and I just think that, you know, you should care and you and political affiliation should have nothing to do with it once again. When I hear Cam Newton coming to NOLA, uh, cue to Bishop Bowwinkle. Yeah, man, I, you know, yeah, definitely. You know, I, I just feel like uh, Cam Newton coming to the Saints is a big Hell no, to the no, 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 hell to the no. Yeah, man, that, that ain't working. I just don't think it's a good fit for him anyway. Uh, Dennis, thank you very much once again for the $5. Thank you so much, man. TJ, I know the 53-man roster not set in stone. Do you think the Saints pick up a player or two? Yeah, of course. Um, I don't think it's set in stone. Uh, the Saints are always looking for players that can make their roster better. You know, probably on the defensive side of football more so than on the offensive side of football. I just think that the Saints are more willing uh, to look at things defensively uh, than offensively because you have guys that have been on this team for quite some time to understand the system. So, if you get a guy that's a running back or a wide receiver, it's going to take them some time to develop into a same, in, in the same system. And Devontae Freeman got his walking papers. 
So it looks like Latavius Murray is still on the roster. Yeah, that didn't surprise me at all, Anthony. It didn't surprise me that Latavius Murray uh, still on his roster. I mean, Latavius Murray is a good running back, and I don't think that preseason is an indication of how he is or what he is as of right now. I think as a guy that's a seasoned veteran that understands he has to stay stay uh, healthy in order for him to get the snap that he needs. So I look at it as smart football because I don't think that he's going to be the same player once, you know, the games are for real. Uh, with David Bhattihari, uh missing the start of the season for Green Bay, Davenport better eat uh, that left side up game day. Well, look, David Bhattiari is a really good left tackle, one of the best in the league, starting out on a pup list, going to miss about uh, six games. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, but I, I don't want to downgrade or disrespect offensive linemen because I've seen this game. I've seen this movie before. Uh, a couple, I want to say maybe week two, the Saints played the Las Vegas Raiders, and they had like a, a makeshift offensive line, and the Saints couldn't get to Derek Carr to save their mama life. So we can't just say, oh, they left tackle out. Oh, he got to dominate. No, that's a proper football team over there. And whoever they put at the left tackle, trust me, that dude is going to come in the game. He's going to be prideful. Like, do you think that when, you know, when Teron Armstead, you know, misses a game every now and then, you know, you see James Hurst come out there, do you be saying, oh, man, you know, such and such going to eat? No, you know what I'm saying? You're hoping that James Hurst can be able to, you know, be able to push the guy back. So, that same level of pride that you have and belief in James Hurst, you have to put it at the other side uh, with the Green Bay Packers. I mean, I, I just think that it's, you know, a lot of us, we look at it as matter of fact, right? Oh, he's a backup, so therefore our starter should dominate. But that's not always the case. Because even though if that guy struggles, teams are going to put, a, a you know, something in place. Rather, there's going to be a chip or, you know, they're going to really just count on that guy to make some play, you know, to push that guy back. So, I don't buy into that, oh, they offensive line put together because I've seen this on several occasions where a team has a makeshift offensive line and the Saints still can't get home. So uh, let me see. Uh, what's that say? Nava Greek guy, TJ. Uh, I'm not sure what that means, Carla. I apologize. Uh, what's good, TJ, baby? Uh, say, say, bruh, uh, I believe we're going to shock the world this year. What do you think? Well, I just think that if the Saints play uh balanced football if they limit the mistakes and you know they they just go out there and play loose play free play exciting um you know play with energy i think they will be good i don't think they're going to be as bad as people making them out to be i just think that the media is throwing some lazy commentary right now you know they told us all these years that drew Brees is the, the the thing that keeps the saints going he's the straw that stirs the drink the saints ain't nothing without him and some of us actually start believing what the media buying out here. They haven't even had an appreciation over the last couple of years, the three to four years where the defense has developed and being one of the best in the league because they're so focused and so adamant on believing the narrative that Drew Brees, without him, the Saints are nothing. And I just think that the, the media, the national media, don't follow the Saints like that. And you got some guys like uh, Jason McIntosh on Fox Sports who – just want to do things for shock value, but you don't have guys that are doing their due diligence to really take a look at this team and really just fully understand that this team has had a succession plan in place. Whether you look at Demario Davis uh, coming on as the leader, Cam Jordan coming on as a leader, 
they have the leadership uh, infrastructure in place. They have a lot of young players, you know, that started off together as a unit. So it's not like the Saints are just so behind like people make them out to be. And I just feel like when they say, oh, the Saints aren't going to be anything, I just feel like it's, it's a disrespect to Sean Payton. And it, this isn't like how it was with the New England Patriots last year. With the New England Patriots, you had about eight or nine guys that opt out. And a lot of those guys were leaders of the team, right? They, they sat out and they kept and, and collected the bread while they was out. And maybe, you know what I'm saying, they just decided to take a year off to try to get themselves back into, you know, into back into shape rather than nursing injuries or whatever like that. It's different. You know what I'm saying? It's not like they're missing eight or nine guys. Yeah, you got some guys that are missing, but, you know, a lot of these guys, I feel like the, the, the core of this team, these guys have been here for quite some time. So I do feel like the New Orleans Saints are going to be much better than a lot of these, these individuals, these prognosticators are saying. I just think that their, their takes are coming from individuals that don't really follow the team. And if you don't follow the team, you don't understand what's going on. A lot of these guys are looking at cliff notes and, 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 and doing lazy commentary, to be honest with you. Like Drew Brees, Sean Payton. That, that's the one thing that people know about the same. Drew Brees, Sean Payton, Drew Brees, Sean Payton, Drew Brees. And if you don't have Drew Brees, oh, you know, y'all don't have nothing. But the Saints defense has been really good. The leadership has been really good. And I, I just, I'm just not buying what they're selling, you know. I just think that people just want to just write these guys off because, quite frankly, you know, people tired of talking about them. Like, people tired of talking about the Saints because they don't feel like the Saints are worth talking about. That's why, you know, they never give these guys an appreciation for how many games they won and how successful uh, they've been as a team over the last couple of years. Anything that happens, they always going back to what this team was back in 93 when it was losing games all over the place. But this is a whole different generation. This is a whole different football league. And I just think that nostalgia drives the National Football League. They want to put guys like the Cowboys in the forefront, but you don't hear them always talking about, oh, the Cowboys haven't went to the Super Bowl in about 27 years. No, they always talk about, is this going to be the Cowboys year? And they go back to all the five Super Bowls that they won. It's all about nostalgia, man. If they feel like you had cachet back in the day, you know, back in the days when your great-grandfather or your great or your grandfather was actually watching the team, then those are the teams that they want to talk about because they feel like those teams have a strong enough fan base that'll be able to drive their ratings up. But you're not paying attention to teams that actually are becoming better. You look at teams like the Buffalo Bills, who are becoming better under Sean McDermott, who have become a better defensive team, and Josh Allen uh, being one of the top 10 players among his peers. Nobody's really paying attention to that type of stuff. The only thing they start talking about with the Buffalo Bills is about them losing four Super Bowls. Well, Josh Allen, I don't even think was born when them boys were, went, was losing those Super Bowls. He don't remember that. And a lot of those guys on the team don't remember that. So they don't really show the appreciation for teams becoming better. They always want to talk about those teams in passing in order to talk about the teams that they want to talk about as an agenda to drive up their ratings. They may can fool some people, but they can't fool me. Okay, I, I'm just being real. There's no way in the world, and I'm not even trying to be a hater. There's no way in the world that the Dallas Cowboys should be talked about as much as they they have been over the last 20 plus years if we're actually doing this based on winning. If we're talking about making the playoffs, if we're talking about team success, if we're talking about a stable uh, a stable organization, there's no way in the world that they need to be talked about. They can't justify that for me. You know, you, you can't tell me that the Cowboys aren't being talked about at nauseum 
is because it's a ratings grab and they feel like they got a strong fan base. That that's 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 my honest opinion, and they know it a hundred percent. Love my Nola peeps, God bless you, and you're tough as hell. Love you, amen. Dennis, thank you so much uh for the five dollars, man, and thank you for the kind words. I'm gonna scroll down a tad bit. Linda says that Traquan Smith started in the season opener. I think they holding him out because they want him to start. So, yes. And it's not like one of those things where Traquan Smith doesn't know the offense. I think he'll be just fine. Most of the national media don't actually watch. They don't. You know, that's that's the big secret, man. They they hire or they get these interns, these guys, you know, these, these women who are out of Michigan, Michigan State, Syracuse, who have the, the aspirations and, you know, want to become a, a media broadcaster one day. So they have them not only fetching coffee from Starbucks, but they have them burning a midnight oil, trying to find analytics and trying to find points to make themselves look credible. You know, I mean, that's just what it is. And a lot of the things that they they say are being fed to them by the by the people in the back that have the cliff notes, you know, they, just in case, you know, they stumble over a name or, you know, saying they don't, you know, saying they miss a point. There's somebody in their ear to tell them something so they can sound like they're the smartest person in the room. Like I said, I mean, you can, you know what I'm saying? You can fool most people, but you can't fool me. I understand about how ratings work. We have meetings at the radio station about how we can, you know, you know, get a certain demographic. I, I know how this stuff works. And a lot of us are, are, are drinking this Kool-Aid. Like we're buying what these people are selling. We getting all nervous and scared and, we get on shows like uh, State of the Saints podcast and Big Q and Deuce and, you know what I'm saying, Aaron's show and CB, and we get all scared because we hear about some of these things that are going on. And, you know, that's what the media wants us to do. They want to give us that shock value. They want to make us upset. They want to make us, uh, you know, nervous, you know, because they want us to be nervous about our team. You know, that, that's just the way that it goes. But, you know, they can fool a lot of people, but they can't fool me. Your comment shows how truly unknowledgeable you are about the Saints org and football uh, in general. Please stop. I don't know what the Raiders actually said there. Uh, let me see. I can't believe the Saints had a quarterback competition with a quarterback and a tight end. Man, uh, I know the Raiders ain't talking. I know I know they ain't got nobody that's a Raiders fan talking up in here. All right? The Raiders are an embarrassment. I mean, I'm just being dead serious. They're an embarrassment. Y'all got all that talent over there. You're always picking in the top 10. I mean, any team whose owner picks a, a, a field goal kick in the first round and gets a guy who's a second team, what, all ACC, all Big Ten at the time, and there is Haywood Bay because he ran, what, a 4-2? Can't tell me nothing about strategy or anything like that. The fact that you all have a guy on a 10-year contract that came and didn't coach a game in about a decade and out there basically, you know, he probably get more attention than anybody on your football team. The fact that your quarterback, as much as I like the guy, but let's just call it for what it is, was crying on the field because he was taking sacks. There's nothing in the world a Raider fan can tell me. And yeah, y'all did beat the Saints last year. Congratulations to you. But what did it, what did it get you? Absolutely nothing. It didn't get you a playoff appearance. Only thing it got you is what picking in the top 15 and a bunch of guys. You 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 all thought that two TV personalities can fix your team. Mike Mayock from the NFL network, and you you got John Gruden from ESPN. So you think two networks are going to be able to help you? 
You need more than that, folks. You know what I'm saying? So the Raiders can't tell me nothing. They're an absolute embarrassment. Y'all can move anywhere you want to. You can move to Las Vegas. You can move to Los Angeles. You can move to Los Santos, all I care. The fact of the matter is you guys are not a good football team and you guys are absolute train wreck. And you are like one of those other teams that I've been talking about, living off nostalgia. Y'all used to have like all those tough guys back in the day, like Howie Long and, and Lau Alzado and all them other cats. But those guys ain't running through the door no time soon. And as much as a big fan I was of Tim Brown as a kid growing up, I haven't seen that type of production at the wide receiver position since Tim Brown retired. So the Raiders, I know y'all got plenty of podcasts out there. I've seen them. I've been on a couple of them. So why in the world does a Raiders football uh, uh, fan is over here talking about the Saints? I don't even think y'all play us this year. So I, I, I get it, man. You want to surround yourself around winners, teams that are successful. Maybe you can go into one of these other podcast groups that are part of your team, and maybe you can give them some facts or some information that can help your team better. But it's still not going to do no good because the Raiders are what they always been and always what they will be an absolute train wreck you look at the charges they're going to get better they got stability at the quarterback position and defense and playmakers on outside you look at kansas city you know they ain't going nowhere as long as patrick mahomes there and now my boy teddy b is out there in Denver, and you know they got a good defense now you guys are going to be exactly where y'all been over the last 15 years which is dead last in the division so it is what it is the raiders can't win to save their uncle life period but i mean you feel free to stay here man if you want to you know feel like a winner i mean feel free to do so i mean y'all got some good players on the team but it's not gonna do no good because y'all y'all got a coach that what that want to run xy2 banana you know what i'm saying and think that's gonna work in, in 2021 knock it off Rose city afc west chiefs Chargers, broncos for am i missing somebody Raiders think Gruden going to lead them to the golden land. Man, he ain't leading them boys nowhere. The only thing they're going to lead, the only thing he's going to lead them to is, is, is looking at playoff games on TV. That's it. That, that's about it. Got him. Uh, that's Devontae Freeman posting as a Raiders fan. Well, they probably can use him over there. I mean, Josh Jacobs is a good running back, but maybe they can use him as a backup. Howie Long and Lyle Elzado, good dudes. Don't forget. Yeah. I know, you know, it's Jeff Plunkett, but yeah, I mean, look, Jeff Plunkett, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Old man Willie, you know what I'm saying? Like, look, I, look, I know about Marcus Allen, you know what I'm saying? You go throw Bo Jackson off in that thing. Let me tell you how dumb, like, like, let's just be real. And then we'll get back to the Saints talk. This is the same team who had a Hall of Fame running back, then Marcus Allen on the bench, keeping his man on the bench just out of spite. They didn't want to trade this dude or nothing like that. They basically put this dude on the shelf to develop cogwebs all out of spite. And this is a team that's trying to tell somebody about winning football games. Are you kidding me? They had Marcus freaking Allen. Heisman Trophy winner Marcus Allen. USC owned Marcus Allen. A guy who went to school in Los Angeles while the Raiders were playing in Los Angeles. The money basically printed itself 
but you had a stubborn owner in GM and Al Davis who put this man on the bench to collect dust out of spite. This dude, as much as, as good as this kicker was, Sebastian Janikowski. This dude drafted Sebastian Janikowski in the first round out of Florida State. Who does that? Like you, are you are you kidding me? This like, come on, man, knock it off. How can any like look, love who you love, respect you like rep who you rep. But let's just be real about this, man. If we're talking about the stability at organizations, I mean the Raiders would be the last team that I think of in 2021. Like, seriously, like the Raiders are like an embarrassment, man. Like, seriously, like from from the mediocrity that's come through there. Like, you, you all had, like, really good players on this team, and yet y'all had nothing to show for it. Like, y'all had one of the, arguably the greatest secondary players of my generation in Charles Woodson. And this man dipped out on y'all because he knew y'all wasn't going to be nothing. Y'all got an owner with, like, the worst haircut in history. Like, who is this dude, Barber? Like, who put the spaghetti, who put the spaghetti bowl on this boy's head and cut around it? Like, come on, man. Like, everything about this team is an embarrassment. Seriously. Like, everything. The best thing y'all got going for y'all is that stadium out there. The stadium looks outstanding. I mean, it's an incredible-looking stadium. I ain't going to lie to you on that. But everything else is just absolute embarrassment. You know it. I know it. You can feel free to stay here, and you can talk as much noise and counteract any way you want to, but let's just be real about this, bro. Let's just be real. You know what I'm saying? Jeff Plunkett ain't walking through that door. Kenny the state uh snake stabler ain't going ain't walking through that door. Tim Brown ain't walking through that door. Marcus Allen ain't walking through that door. Lau Alzado ain't walking through that door. Jake, <laughs> uh, no, um, Howie Long ain't walking through that door. Miss me with that, man. <laughs> like who else, you know what I'm saying? Like who else I, I mentioned? You know what I'm saying? What? Uh, who was you know what I'm saying? Who was that really good offensive lineman? Was it was it Gene? It wasn't Gene Upshaw, was it? It wasn't Gene Upshaw, was it? Who you know what I'm saying? Who was that? Who was that? Who was that really good offensive lineman for the Raiders Hall of Fame? It was it was it Gene Upshaw? Somebody somebody let me know. I think Gene Upshaw may have been a tight end. I, I don't know for the for the Browns and the Ravens. But anyway, man, somebody give me the name of that offensive lineman that I'm thinking about. Uh, Henry Ruggs. Yeah, Arshell. There we go. Thank you, Jerry. Arshell. Arshell ain't walking through that door. If you if you want to go if you if you want to go <laughs> a little deeper, <laughs> but uh, what's it called? Uh, Chris, uh, what Jasper? You know what I'm saying? Like Chris Jasper ain't walking through that door. You know what I'm saying? Cat, no Casper. You know what I'm saying? The friendly ghost ain't walking through that door. Who else? You know what I'm saying? Who else? It, you know what I'm saying? Who else I, I, I am I, I am uh, paying attention to? Who, I, who I'm thinking about? Ray Guy ain't walking through that door. You know what I'm saying? Like, who am my boy with the stickum? You know what I'm saying? Who was my boy with the stickum? You know what I'm saying? Who am my boy with the stickum, man? And it got the stickers out low. He ain't coming through that door either. I can't believe I'm forgetting some of these people's name, man. I used to follow the Raiders. The Holy Roller ain't coming back. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Holy Roller ain't coming back, yo. He ain't, he ain't coming through that door. So, Ruggs has a small uh, helmet and alligator on. <laughs> Look, I, I like uh, Henry Ruggs, man. I like Henry Ruggs. 
I like I like Henry Ruggs, man. I, I just I man Raiders. What are we doing here? Jack Tatum, big time safety ain't walking through that door. <laughs> Lester Hayes, man. We look, we bringing him back. Man, who was my boy with the sticker, man? Y'all know who I'm talking about. It who was man, who was my boy, man? Really good wide receiver, man. Y'all know who I'm talking about, man. I can't believe I don't know this dude's name. Oh, my God. I'm going to hurt myself because I don't know this dude's name. Like, this dude was, like, one of the big – man, what was this dude's name? My goodness. Who was the, who was the, who was the wide receiver? Man, I'm, I'm going to have to look that up. I'm not going to – and I'm going gonna, I'm to hurt myself because I, I, I don't know this person's name. I mean, this dude was, like, really, really good. I'm looking it up right now because I, I don't want nobody to tell me. I won't find it on my own. Frank Belinda, uh, Fred Belindikoff. That's it. Fred Belindikoff. There we go. Fred Belindikoff. Ain't walking through that door. I had to give a shout out to Fred Belindikoff. I cannot, but be- I can't believe I ain't remember. Freaking award named after this guy. But anyway, uh, <laughs> let's get back to the, some Saints talk, man. Let's get back to some Saints talk. Take a few more questions. I bet you when he came on the State of the Saints podcast, he probably didn't think that your boy knew that much about the Raiders. Yes, sir. I follow the Saints, but your boy is a is a football historian. Uh, TJ went CJ, <laughs> CJ, GJ on it. Yeah, man, look. Look, man. I, I, know, I know about some players, man. I know, like I said, I know about the Holy Roller, right? You know, like, <laughs> you know, I, I remember, you know what I'm saying, a lot of them plays, man. And the Raiders also, man, y- y'all got to remember, you know, the immaculate reception, that was against the Raiders. You know, with Franco Harris, yeah, that was the immaculate reception. That was against the Raiders because, you know, in the Raiders in the 70s, you know, <laughs> they were kind of like the how the Minnesota Vikings are to us in the postseason. You know, like they just couldn't get past, they couldn't get past the Steelers. Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> look, I'm going to be re- <laughs> This is the last thing, man. Like, somebody asked me a Saints question. Anytime you feel like the answer to your quarterback issues is Aaron Brooks after the way he played on his way out of New Orleans, enough said. Enough said. There it is right there. These boys thought <laughs> after Rich Gannon giving you Giving you all that solid quarterback play, league MVP. You follow that up with signing Aaron Brooks. Good night, Raiders fans. Saints beat up on the Faders 11-7 at the LA Coliseum. They still mad about that tuck rule. Look, I would be too. I ain't going to lie to you. That tuck rule is kind of like that, you know, that pass interference called us. So I, and, it, and it definitely was a fumble. So they, they got a right to be mad about that. I, I can't even, I, I can't, I can't even get mad at him on that. Raider said that's why we were winning at the time. <laughs> nah, man, honestly, man, y'all were a tough football team. Like I said, man, man, I follow the Raiders' history. Like I love football history, man. I follow that stuff. Like anytime a football life comes on or any stories about a player, I, I watch it, man, because I, I love the history of the game. So, I mean, I follow the Raiders, man. Like, nobody liked the Raiders. They were a bunch of tough guys. You know, I mean, they was up there slapping people in the head and German suplexing them and stuff like that, getting in fights every game. Like, I can understand why people love the Raiders, you know? 
you know, like people like the black hole, like it was like people were really afraid to get up in that thing. It was a tough place to play, man. But I mean, we got to put this thing into context. That was a that was a long, long, long time ago. I mean, and we can't forget about your boy Jamarcus Russell, man. Thank you, Slim South. They drafted Jamarcus Russell, which at the time I, I will say that 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 sounded like a good idea. I mean, he was coming off a really historical season uh, coming from LSU. The dude just bacon, egg, and cheese his way out of the league, you know? Like So I can't blame him for that. He was the best player on the board, according to a lot of the draft guys. So I can't blame him for that. But got to do your due diligence. Speak, TJ. <laughs> Them boys got Aaron Brooks, man, for real. Uh, dying laughing right now. Adonis. Uh, <laughs> or Heave Ishmael, uh, Rocket Ishmael, was a good Raiders receiver return, man. But like you said, he ain't walking through that door. Yeah, man, look. I, look, Ishmael was good. His brother was good, you know what I'm saying, as special teams guys. They had talent. Like, I, look, them boys had talent. It just, I don't know what it was, man. Like, even like Rolando McClain, like, this dude was good coming out of Alabama. It's like whoever they, that whoever get drafted in them, it's look like they just, I don't know, just the worst version of themselves. Man, I don't know if it just. You know, even my guy, you know what I'm saying? He's been on the show, one of the first guests on here, Mario Edwards. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was drafted by the Raiders in the second round. So they had talent. You know what I'm saying? It's just like they just have issues developing talent. Exactly. Good night, Raiders Nation. Aaron Brooks would be a starter for the Saints right now. Uh, No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. Aaron Brooks would not beat out Jameis Winston. I don't care what nobody say. Y'all, you believe that if you want to. What are your thoughts on the Saints picking up? I don't even know how to pronounce this dude's name. I'm going to just say St. Brown. I didn't even see that yet, so I'm not even going to cover that because I didn't even know uh, what his name is. Equaminus? Equaminus? Equaminus St. Brown? What a name. If that's his name, he's Equaminus. What a name. Uh, I'll get back with you on that one. I'm not sure what to think about that. You're getting roasted and toasted. Man, look, the best uh, starter jacket in the 90s. Yeah, that was the Raiders. I ain't going to lie about that. Wall is a beast. He definitely is. Uh, Kenny the, State, the Snake Stabler. Raiders ain't been relevant since NWA was a group. <laughs> nah, man, it was it was relevant in the in early 2000s, man. They, they was winning. You know what I'm saying? Like, they even went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they went to the Super Bowl. They lost. Because uh, Bill Callahan was the coach, you know. Jim Brown, my bad. Waller is the reason we got Jared Cook. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, they, they do a great job at tight ends. I don't know who their tight end coach is, but keep him. Jamarcus Russell, a nose tackle playing quarterback. Now, he was an embarrassment playing quarterback. Raiders guys just trolling last in their division, though. Last time I checked, Saints won four years straight. Stay the Saints podcast, the best. Love your show, my brother. Always. I mean, also, please hit the like button, people. Yeah, man, if you enjoy the show, hit the like button. Like I said, man, look, you can't be coming on the show talking noise. And I look, I, I look, I want you to stay because I want you to enjoy the experience and all that kind of stuff, man. But, bro, come with it. Like, don't don't be coming with me like like the Raiders won some. Raiders ain't win nothing. He came from a mid major. Uh, I would like to say SMU. 
Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to check him out. No doubt. Adonis Tucker, I think so too. Raiders are uh, probably dude is like 14, probably go to bed. <laughs> uh TJ just called him Squidward. <laughs> uh who we talking about calling Squidward, man? All, all, all I know is this, man. I, man, we didn't got way off the rails talking about Raider talk. But look, man, the final 53, I don't feel like it's set in stone, as we can see with Gigatis with his comments. And thank you very much, Gigatis, for keeping me informed. Uh, let me see real quick, man. Let me see if I can actually pull up uh, some of this some of this uh, guy's uh, stats. I'm like, man, what a name. Equimitus St. Brown. Okay. Let's see. Okay. He started off, uh, it looks like, with the Packers here. He's 24 years old. Uh, he comes from Notre Dame. He was a six-round draft pick in 2018. 28 receptions, 445 yards. Okay, yeah, yeah, I heard of this guy. Okay, he's six foot five, 214 pounds. You probably remember him too. Because I want to say he caught a long pass on Sunday night football from Aaron Rodgers last season, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, six foot five, 214 pounds has really good upside here. Yeah, and I, I he's a guy that can really run, you know. So I had to I had to look at his name, but yeah, yeah, I remember the guy. I remember um he made a play uh you know against against the Saints last season. So yeah, I mean he had he has a lot of good upside here. So I think that he can work out. You know, what I'm saying if he ends up uh, getting signed by the Saints as of right now, they're saying that you know I guess this is kind of relatively new if he did sign with the Saints. Um, so because they don't even have it up here as of right now, so. But yeah, man, I mean, I just think that's a good move if they get him 6'5", 214 pounds. I mean, that could be a good uh, red zone threat. You know what I'm saying? That's that's a good 50-50 ball guy if you can get him. And he's a guy, you know, that understands defenses and stuff. Uh, TJ, I need me a hoodie. You should sell some uh, SOTS. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, planning on trying to get him out here in the fall. You know, I can find me a distributor that don't cost an arm and a leg. <laughs> TJ, did a little man mess up your equipment? Pac-Man uh no uh <laughs> I, I mean i thought it was uh pretty good you know i mean he's been messing with it now he come in here every day man me messing with the wires and stuff so ain't no ain't no telling i haven't heard anybody tell me anything about the sound you know yet so uh dennis thank you very much uh says the raiders are uh, less than the saints who that <laughs> gigatis thank you very much for five dollars says saints didn't sign him i wonder what you thought about us picking him up oh okay okay i about to say i didn't see anything about them signing him. but yeah that'd be a good pick the only thing that that bothers me about that gig is is the fact that the saints offensive scheme is just so complex man i just think that a guy just coming in without otas or minicamp training camp and being in the same system it'll be tough for them to actually go out there and see the field i, I just it's just hard because Man, the plays and the audibles and the formations and all the rest of that stuff, man. Like it is, it is so tough. So, would he be a good pickup? Yeah, but not. But I just think that it would be a, a couple weeks before he can actually hit the field. It's different on defense. Like if you understand certain defensive concepts, you can hit the field. I mean, we've seen guys the Saints sign them on Wednesday and they playing on Sunday because of you know because of defensive schemes and you know what I'm saying the formations and. The verbiage is kind of the same way on every team, but it's not that way when it comes to the offense. So, yeah, 
You know, that, that's, that's just the way that I look at it. Uh, let's see. Uh, who's the number two corner, Paulson Adebo or Ken Crawley? Paulson Adebo, I can't, because Ken Crawley, you know, because Ken Crawley, I mean, he's been um, he's been injured. And he's going to be out for a couple of weeks, according to uh, some of the things that I'm saying. Uh, I don't care about these Raiders, a.k.a. haters, to our team like the uh, that. Please keep talking that noise, and please, hell to the no, no, no. Hell to the no. Okay, I'll go ahead and hit it for you, man. Go ahead. Yeah, man. I mean, look, they, they got to get better before they come up here talking. Uh, let me see. Do you think about Davenport will have a big year or is it time to move on from him? Well, I mean, everybody's saying that he had like the best camp out of all the Saints players. So that's kind of the stuff that you want to hear. And he does seem like he's playing with more confidence, which I can appreciate. I don't think you're you're ready to move on from him, but I think you need to go ahead and put him on notice. You know, John Brown, Bashard Breeland, uh, who has experience with Jameis at Tampa, is out there. Yeah, look, I just think that bringing in a wide receiver like it's tough in the same system. I'm trying to think like, have you ever thought about a scene under Sean Payton, him just sign a wide receiver like off the street, and that guy just comes out there and just be in a game like quite often like I, I i really i have to think about like i really don't see that if it is it's probably a guy that's been on a team before it, it is it, it's been on it's been a guy who probably understand the system like tommy lee lewis or whatever right tommy lee lewis has been in the system in and out so he understands the the verbiage and the concepts and what he needs to do but just a random guy who has never had experience in a saints offense i think it would be hard for them to do that so I, I just never, I just never seen it. Uh, Ken says Kenny Stills. Uh, Kenny Stills didn't just come off the street. The Saints drafted him out of Oklahoma, and he had OTAs and minicamp and rookie camp and all that kind of stuff. So he was able to develop as a player, you know. So it, it, it's different, you know, versus somebody that they just sign, all you know, say off the street at that position. I just think that if you're looking for a guy to play wide receiver in Week One right after the same sign him i think that's wishful thinking like they got to have some things that that happen in order for that player to come in there and play like seriously uh da um we're in with him says i know it's too late now but i hope we are good enough to go through the season not missing jackrabbit or you think that is inevitable just wondering well that type of production is hard to find but i think that you know paulson adebo i think that he's going to have some growing pains I don't think that Janoris Jenkins became that cornerback that we can uh, respect and know overnight. I think it took some time in order for him to develop his craft. But I think that Paulson Adebo is ahead of the curve. Uh, I, I, I like what I see out of this dude. And I do feel like he's probably going to make some mistakes because he's a rookie. But I do feel like he's going to make more plays than he doesn't. But I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate it. Uh, thank you all so much for your love and your support. On your way out, go ahead and give your boy a golden thumbs up. Let everybody know that you enjoy the State of the Saints podcast. Also, subscribe to the channel if you have not already. We'd really love to see you be a part of the SOTS family. Uh, also, you can check out the State of the Saints podcast on Facebook. Facebook.com search the State of the Saints podcast. Also, you can go ahead and check out the previous episodes on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM, 
and you can check it out on the pigskin podcast network where it is the official home of the state of the saints podcast and lastly uh the state of the saints podcast is brought to you by manscape.com use the promo code state of saints you will save 20 percent off of your purchase so once again thank you to manscape for being the official sponsor of the state of the saints podcast also i gotta plug twitter um follow me on twitter at tj jones 8 tjay jones 8 till next time all i gotta say is who that <laughs>